it's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. You are with me today as we are looking at Psalm 139, and we're in week seven of that. We're going to be looking at verses 19 through 22. But before we dive into that, let's look back at our discussion questions that we ended with last time. The first one was, is it time to start seeing God for the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing creator that he is? And understanding that you or I, that we are not. We are not all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-seeing, nor are we the creator. Things coming from nothing and becoming something that has purpose and We just can't do that. So is it time to start seeing God that way? And is it time to begin looking at the world with that in mind? Looking at people and your situations and the things that you feel like you can't continue on in. Number two, what thoughts of God concerning you do you need to remind yourself of today? Do you need to remind yourself that you are chosen, that you are loved? Like we saw in verses 13 through 16, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are loved, that you are a child of God, that you are co-heirs with Christ, that you are his masterpiece. What are those thoughts that God has of you that you need to remind yourself of? Don't be shy in doing that. Because in that, then we can get to a place of worship for our Creator. And we can get into a more stable mindset about who we are. So, I continue to think on those things. But this week, we're looking at verses 19 through 22. But before we do that, I want to ask, have you ever been the passenger in a car and the driver almost misses a turn? but attempts to turn at the last minute. I'm sure we've all been there. And if you are like me, you are not paying attention. For me, I'm usually reading a book, looking at my phone, or napping. So the turn most usually takes me by surprise. It's jarring to be the passenger in that moment. Kind of like how we are about to feel today with this section of Psalm 139. So let's jump right in. And hang on for the sharp turn. So I'm going to read verses 19 through 22. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. So as I said at the end of last week's episode, David makes what seems to us a sharp left turn and transition. From verses 1 through 18, where we see the all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere present God and Creator from Him knowing us individually, to verse 19, where it's like David is calling down fire from heaven on the heads of the wicked. It's definitely a sharp transition. But why? Why not continue in the, quote, feel-good truths of the first 18 verses? 
I think it's because we live in a fallen world, a sin-sick universe where when we think of good, our minds will naturally think of its opposite, evil. It's in our face all around us. Of all the realities we have studied over the past six weeks, one arches over all of them, and that is that God knows all, including the wicked things done by wicked people. Don't get tripped up, though, in thinking, I am better than the wicked. I have a greater spiritual pedigree, so I am on a higher plane than those who are wicked. Why do I say this? Because if not for God's grace and Jesus' finished work on the cross, and my or your recognition of our need for a Savior, we would fall into the category of the wicked. Would we not? We must not forget that truth and, in a sense, never get over our salvation. Let's look at each of these verses and get a better grasp of the text. Verse 19. If only you would slay the wicked, O God, away from me, you bloodthirsty men. If the all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere present God knows me and knows you, he most certainly knows what is done by the wicked. David recognizes this and is tired of their actions. He prays that God, as the righteous judge, would go ahead and judge. David says, Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. He wants no identity with evil and those who shed blood, not even the slightest hint of communion with wickedness. Why? Because of the love he has for God based on all that David has proclaimed about his relationship with God in verses 1 through 18. He has a great love for God because God has a great love for him. Verse 20 says, They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. What does the wicked do? They speak of God with evil intent. They misuse God's name. They pretend through their speech to have a sense of godliness, but deny its power. They use God's name as a way to cover up their vileness against the ways of God. Verse 21. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? This question David asks is one you and I must ask ourselves. Do I hate people who are evildoers? Now, asking that question begs this question. Am I supposed to hate another human being? Am I not commanded to love everyone, including my enemies? Jesus tells us that in Matthew 5, 43-48. Looking at this verse, it will be helpful to look at a comment- Bible commentary. Barnes Notes on the Bible explains it this way. The word hate here as applied to them, must be understood in the sense that he disapproved of their conduct, that he did not desire to be associated with them, that he wished to avoid their society and to find his friends among men of a different character. The word abhor means to be grieved. Barnes further explains this meaning in this way. The feeling referred to is anger, conscious disgust, at such conduct, and grief, pain, and sorrow that people should invent such feelings toward their Maker. So perhaps a better question to ask ourselves is, am I grieved by the conduct of those who loathe God and are considered His enemies 
because I am concerned with the condition of their hearts and their blatant irreverence for their maker. A maker who, by the way, knows the evildoers in the same way he knows the righteous. He knit the evildoer together in his mother's womb, and the evildoer is fearfully and wonderfully made. And yet we, as, quote, righteous, cannot overlook the evil they do. We cannot have a neutral position when it comes to sin. No, we are not to judge, but we must not find ourselves fraternizing with evil. Romans 12, 9 tells us, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. That means that we, as verse 21 says, and let me read it, I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. We must have no fellowship with evil. Those of us who have been brought into the kingdom of light by Christ's finished work on the cross cannot be in communion with darkness. So what does that look like for you and me? Does that mean we say no to hanging out with certain folks? Maybe. Does that mean we say no to watching certain TV shows and movies? Probably. Does that mean that we seek the Holy Spirit every day and crucify our wants and desires and evil flesh to the cross of salvation? Absolutely. Why? Because the all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere-present God and Creator is worthy of that level of devotion. And the evils of this world cannot even hold a candle to Him. Let's pray. Dear God, this is a heavy topic today but one that we must consider because there is evil all around us and that evil manifests itself in humankind. And so while we don't hate other people, we do need to find ourselves hating, being grieved over the evil that is done by the hands of men. So help us to not flirt with darkness and help us in a way that would glorify you and show Christ's love. Help us to stand up for what is right and stand up against the evil that we see so blatantly around us. God, would you convict us of when we have let sin go and we have looked the other way where clear evil is being done. God, there are those who cannot speak up that we must speak up for. Give us the strength and the boldness to do it. But again, may the love of Christ be what ties all of that together. Help us to love people as you do, to see them as fearfully and wonderfully made. And may that determine how we treat others. Again, while we are not patting them on the back for the sin that is being committed. Forgive us of our sins, God, because we, without Jesus, would be wicked as well. Thank you for your grace and your love. Thank you for him dying on the cross to save us from our sins. And I pray someone today hearing this would realize that they need forgiveness of their sins and would come to a saving relationship with your son, Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. Okay, here's some discussion questions to leave us with today. 
Is there some evil or dark practice that you have been flirting with that you need to kick to the curb? Ask the Holy Spirit to convict you, to uncover your eyes to see. Number two, is there a neutral mindset or ideology that you need to evaluate and make a decision on what you believe based on the truth of Scripture? No more riding the fence. And then number three, look back at verses 11 through 12, because these tell us what the antidote for darkness is, and that will help us as we think about what we've been flirting with and what we have been taking a neutral position on. Next week, we will finish up Psalm 139 by looking at verses 23 and 24. Based on all that we have learned, our prayer should be what? Check those out, and we will discuss what it means to us as people known by God next week. See you then. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me, and I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And then three days later, he arose from the dead victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with him, will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life? to be in charge. If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more Encouraging Gospel Center podcast on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at Kingdom Rock. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.